A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Noise, the podcast series from PR Week. I'm Danny Rogers, the Editor-in-Chief of PR Week, and today I'm joined by PR Week's UK Editor, John Harrington. How are you, John? Very well, thank you, Danny. Sadly, our usual co-host, Frankie Oliver, is poorly this week and can't be with us. So get well soon, Frankie. But we are joined by two comms professionals who are experts on artificial intelligence, which is our topic of discussion this week. We're very lucky to have with us Alison Spray, Managing Director, Data Analytics at Hill & Knowlton Strategies. Alison is a recent graduate in AI at Oxford University. And of course, Hill & Knowlton is owned by WPP, a company which recently said AI will be fundamental to its business in the future. Hello, Alison. Hello. And Andre Labadie, who's Executive Chair, Business and Technology at Brands to Life. Andre is, of course, a director at Brands to Life, having been with the agency for more than 20 years. And Brands to Life is, of course, one of the largest agencies in the UK these days and very much a leader in tech comms. So welcome to you. Thank you. Well, AI has, of course, been a fascinating area for decades, but the debate around its use has become turbocharged since the end of last year, thanks maybe to the success of ChatGPT. There are, of course, many great discussions of AI, its uses, and its potential impacts on society out there. But it's important that PR Week examines what these developments mean, both now and in the future, for our community of comms professionals, for the PR industry, for business and the media. However, before we get into that, it's pretty important to first define the technologies that we're talking about here. So let's hear that from the experts. So first question, perhaps you can answer this, Andre. How do we define AI? So I think um, 
as, as you say, Danny, the first thing we need to do is uh, is reflect on the fact that it is since November when ChatGPT uh, and uh, was was made live, and it caused uh, lots of hype within the industry and, and around the world. And that's really what has brought AI into into the mainstream, and certainly has started to drive a lot of debate within within our industry. So, generative AI, of which um, ChatGPT is part. Uh, is AI that's producing new content, images, images, uh, chat responses, designs, and, and even deep fakes that we've heard a lot about. So ChatGPT, Midjourney, Dali, they're all types of Gen AI. Then traditional AI, on the other hand, which has been around for, for a little while, uh, has uh, already started to affect the uh, industry and, and we're already using lots of tools. We might know it, we might not know it, that uses uh, traditional AI. So that might be in helping detect patterns, making decisions, honing analytics or, or classifying data and detecting fraud. So when we see stories like Goldman Sachs put out quite recently around AI replacing up to 300 million jobs, I think it's important that we make that distinction. This isn't, that's not, a, the, a lot of that isn't the jobs that, that we know and love within, within the comms industry. That's jobs in the in service-based sectors and in, in, in jobs where there's a lot of road to manual work. Gen AI is going to have a big impact on our industry, however. Thanks, Andre. So, um, Alison, how do you define AI? So I think, you know, it's really interesting. One of the, the first lectures we had in Oxford was actually around how do you define AI? And the answer is that there isn't a single definition. Um, even among people who have been studying this for decades, they don't agree where the line ends between machine learning and AI. I think for us, the question really is how we can think about those spaces in which it's going to automate and augment the work that we're doing. And that's really the, the structure to put around the AI conversation. So which tools across WPP are being used for AI at the moment? So as you can imagine, it's, it's quite a long list. Um, you know, WPP has talked to, to you guys in the past about some of the, the larger partnerships we have, uh, you know, with the likes of Adobe, Google, IBM, Microsoft, NVIDIA, OpenAI. Um, those are obviously some of the biggest names. Within individual agencies, we also have lots of different relationships. So I mentioned before, H&K uh, is a long-term partner of Brandwatch. Um, we also use Quid, uh, which is basically looking at the uh, semantic relationships uh, within media stories. Um, lots of really interesting things there. Um, and one of the other ones uh, that we've been uh, piloting this year is a tool called Conversus or Conversion. Um, and what they allow you to do is either use off-the-shelf ML models. Uh, so, for example, if you wanted to be able to separate out voice of uh, the customer from a large swath of social conversation. This is an ML model that you can run through a tool like Brandwatch to actually be able to do that at scale. Quite hard to do, as you can imagine, manually. Um, or it allows for low-code, no-code model building, um, which sounds complicated, but effectively means you can train your own models without having to actually write the code that sits behind them. Um, so largely through uh, things like reinforcement learning, um, really interesting different tools. And, you know, for me, I think there's going to be this interesting interplay, uh, particularly for the next couple of years between those third party tools that we will continue to use things like Quid um, and then looking at our own tech stack and how we take advantage of a lot of those more uh, large scale partnerships, things like uh, what's already happening through Azure with Microsoft. Great. Thank you for that. Um, very important part of this this podcast. How are your agencies using AI currently? Which platforms are you using and 
Um, what do you see are the great advantages and limitations so far? And, you know, as Andre said, I think a lot of us are already using AI. You might not even realize it um, because most of it's already embedded in the platforms that we use. So, for example, you know, H&K are a long-term partner of Brainwatch, uh, which is a social listening platform. Um, they have integrated lots of different kinds of machine learning and AI uh, to help make sense of really large swaths of data. It's been one of the great challenges of those of us who've been searching things like Apple over time and trying to segment between a brand versus a term, right? Um, you know, some of the other spaces that we use it in, um, tools like Creator IQ, which is all around finding influencers, it's what we base our Influence Plus platform on, um, and Quid, which helps you understand the media landscape uh, and again, is another partner that we've built, um, one of our proprietary tools, Space Plus, which is all around helping brands understand where the white space might be for them to enter into a conversation. So actually putting an algorithmic face on what is normally quite a finger in the air uh, kind of discussion. But I think the other piece of this conversation beyond the tools that we're using as agencies is also... Um, kind of what we're going to do with our own internal tech stacks and how we're going to start to use AI in the broader sense, kind of as Andre says, um, to implement what we're doing. Yeah. And in terms of the sort of what you've noticed as the main advantages in a sort of practical sense, what, what would you say those, those have been so far? You know, I think for me, a lot of it comes to how we make sense of data. Um, and some of that, as I said, is through tools like Brandwatch. So being able to look at spike detection and understanding very quickly what's happening, what might be causing um, a big spike in conversation, um, or uh, other tools like bottom-up analysis that allow you to make sense of, for example, in-depth interviews quickly. Um, so you can start to cluster the themes that are coming through. I think the other perhaps more interesting application for me is uh, what's sometimes called wicked problems. Um, so how you can start to understand those questions that I think we get so often as practitioners in PR that aren't even necessarily articulated particularly well in the first instance that you have to kind of work through iteratively. Um, that's where perhaps you might think about a tool like Quid being really interesting because you need to be able to first understand the landscape to then be able to think about what might a solution be to then be able to think about how does PR play a role in that. Um, understanding those workflows over time, I think is gonna be a really interesting space for AI for, for comms professionals. Great. And in terms of limitations, what are you sort of seeing are the main limitations from what you're using at the moment? So for what we're using at the moment, uh, you know, a really good example uh, is things like messaging. It's really quite hard to use AI at the moment to see whether a message is included in a particular article, um, largely because they tend to be very nuanced um, and often you don't have that many examples. So it's really hard to train a model because you need lots of examples to do that. I do think, though, uh, large language models, things like ChatGPT, are going to change that pretty quickly. They're much better at understanding nuance because of the way that they're trained, um, because they're using neural networks versus uh, some of the more simplistic AI tech. Great. Thank you. And, and Andre, how are you using AI? Yeah, so sim similar to Alison, um, using it in the in the tools like media monitoring and, and brand watch, where it's already incorporated in the back end. But um, also a lot for one of the one of the main uses we found of it is when you you have a blank sheet of paper and you are asked to write um, a plan or a proposal or or an article, um, and just starting to get those ideas flowing. So we're working on our 
uh, we have a constantly evolving AI AI policy, right? And and one of the key tenets of that is we're not you're not allowed to take a client brief, feed it into AI, see what comes out, and then send it back to the client. You know, we we're really firm on AI is part is one part of the research stage of it, just like you might go into Google or increasingly Bing. Given now that has uh, ChatGPT incorporated uh, or GPT incorporated in, into it, so it's about yeah, it's about helping maybe tick off a checklist of things you should have included. And a lot of the work we're doing is experimentation at the moment, so a huge amount of uh, experimentation right across the the different teams. So we've seen people playing around with uh, with all the tools like Midjourney and Dali on the content creation side, particularly just to see where its limitations are and where uh, where the exciting developments are. And it's been really cool to see, particularly some of the more, the more junior uh, team, doing some really, really cool stuff with it. Because I think as much as... As, as we as a management team can try and uh, recommend policies and talk about how it's going to be used within the business and talk about and think about how roles will evolve eventually. A lot of it has to come from from the, the more junior end of the organization because they're probably the ones who are it from certainly from a content perspective and a creation perspective, it's it's impacting their jobs and will impact their roles and the, their activities over the next over the next year ahead. So really trying to drive that engagement and experimentation across the whole company. Great. And again, same question, limitations. I mean, what, what what sort of strikes you at the moment? So you can't see me at the moment. I'm in the studio waving my hands. That's that's one obvious and well-known failure of um, of generative AI. It does not understand that human hand has got four fingers and, and a thumb on it. ChatGPT only goes up to 2001. So it's not that useful for media relations focused work and trying to track journalists and things like that because it's not up to date enough. It can lie. So the the answer that it um, produces is, is only going to be based on the data that it's consumed. So if the data is wrong, then it could and often does churn out incorrect answers. And the fourth one is, the, and there's a lot of debate around this at the moment, is this term hallucination. You might have heard about that. Naomi Klein did a big, big piece in The Guardian a couple of weeks ago um, on it. And that's all about how um, it makes stuff up. So if you ask it to def- uh, write a definition of something that doesn't exist, sometimes it will try and produce an answer for you and it's complete nonsense. So it goes back to the idea that you have to treat it with caution. You have to have a healthy dose of skepticism, just like you would do if you were if you plugged in a, a search term into Google. You wouldn't necessarily take what was served up to you as, as the gospel truth. And it's exactly the same with AI and probably, probably even more so. Yeah, it's interesting you, you mentioned, Andre, that uh, AI can lie because, of course, the PR profession has sometimes been uh, criticised for being uh, somewhat disingenuous. So, Alison, what do you think? Is, is it good that AI can lie? Is that a potential problem for the PR industry? You know, I think the, the challenge for all of us, because this is such a good question, is more about our understanding of how these tools and technologies work. As Andre said, a lot of it comes back to just understanding what is ChatGPT, for example, actually doing. You know, it's not wildly different from most examples of predictive text, which I think people have gotten pretty comfortable with over the past couple of years. But understanding exactly that, the training set, what data is it pulling from? How does it differ to BARD? How is it going to differ to other large language models that will come up over time? And therefore, understanding how much of it can you trust and how much of it do you need to make sure that you're sense checking? You know, there have been a, a couple of examples over the past few weeks of 
different titles being caught out uh, for publishing things um, that, as it turned out, were false or for catching them because uh, they went through the the due diligence of that. So I think for for PR professionals, you know, the first task, uh, as with most things, is to understand uh, what it is that these things are actually doing, and then the second piece uh, is just to make sure that we have the right kind of ethical and and transparency guidelines in place uh, to support people in using these tools responsibly. I think the same idea of having a dose of skepticism applies applies for in-house professionals as well. So Alison and I both work for for agencies, but any any in-house professional, you know, should absolutely be looking at what their agency sends across and make sure that it hasn't just been fed into chat GPT and and, and sent sent straight across. And um, you know, there's a real there's a while there's a huge amount of potential for AI to to really help and drive creativity, there's also a potential for um to for too many corners to be cut. So we've talked quite a bit about what AI can do at the moment and some of its limitations and opportunities. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But have we not even begun to understand the potential of AI on, on communications in the media? Is it really going to be massively different in 10, 20 years time? You know, I think so much of this we don't yet know. Um, you know, even going through this postgraduate diploma, when I was there, ChatGPT was already in existence in, in earlier forms of GPT rather than ChatGPT. Um, but I don't think anyone saw coming the explosion that happened um, in December of last year, right? And the, the really um, tumultuous wave that's followed uh, in terms of the media landscape. So. I think for all of us, it's going to be about staying on top of what's happening right now and understanding both where we can use these tools to drive efficiencies through our businesses, um, because that's what a lot of the change is going to be. It's the first draft of a press release rather than using AI to write it for you, right? Um, but more importantly, looking for opportunities. Um, one of my favorite quotes of the past year is that, you know, efficiencies have a flaw. You can only optimize so far. Um, and there are risks that are inherent in doing that, but opportunities have no ceiling. And those are the spaces that are really going to transform how we work. And it's just going to be about um, staying on top of it enough to see them. I think it's incredibly exciting. I think it will be foolish to predict where we'll be in five or 10 years, but um, the what we're seeing from our our team is that there's a while there's, there is a you know there's a slight element of nervousness around it and people are concerned about how things are going to evolve. There's also a huge amount of excitement and people are getting really um, hyped by seeing the impact that it can have um, on some of the tasks they ask it to do and really going for um, lots of 
playing around with it chatting around it within the business sharing ideas and that's that's been brilliant in, in you know in some ways it's actually galvanized um the teams to to talk about and share and continue to experiment with the, with the different tools and see what the potential of them is we've seen a few examples of ai being used in creative campaigns recently from pr agencies from ad agencies i mean do you think ai is a game changer when it comes to creativity and comms I think it has the potential to be a game changer. However, I also think that um, there, there are some there are some risks, right? Because anybody who is good at writing prompts can feed a brief uh, into ChatGPT and produce a relatively potentially interesting idea. I mean, some of the some of the, the content it produces is, is incredible. My, my, I've got a nine-year-old daughter and she, for a school project, she has to invent something. She came up with this idea for a, uh, a tablet you take and you only t- for two weeks it gives you um, protection from the sun because she said, I hate having to slap sun cream on or mummy or daddy slapping sun cream on. So we, we worked on a little prompt last night, fed it into ChatGPT to produce a marketing copy. And it was amazing. It was like really, really impressive. You could, however... If you looked at it, see some tropes. There was a uh, say goodbye to something and hello to something else. And there's a few of those tried and tested um, things that it churned out. So you could spot it being written by by an AI, but it was still it was still really really clever. So I think one of the biggest challenges is going to be around creativity, and I think actually it is a huge opportunity for the agencies that are creative have those creative minds because what. AI can't currently do is make those unexpected connections between two different ideas or unexpected links between two different concepts and turn that into a really, really creative output. I think you can certainly raise the bar of creativity across the board and for those agencies and individuals who might not be particularly creative, but I think it also creates an opportunity for the ones who are to really set themselves above um, above above the competition. Great. Um, Alison, what do, you, what do you think? Creativity and, and AI? Yeah, I mean, I... I- agree with so much of what you said, Andre. It's, you know, as an agency, I think we're working to help our clients navigate what is quite a complex landscape with all of these different tools that we're talking about. Um, And really, it's spending a lot of time on advising them on that experimentation, but how you do that responsibly. And when I think about creativity in agencies or in-house, and, you know, not just big C creative, but creativity in the sort of wide definition, um, you're completely right. AI is great at things like prediction because machines are just so much better at doing that than humans are. They can take in way more data than we ever could. They're more accurate. They're not going to make an error in their sums. Um, At least they shouldn't do. Um, But AI isn't great at counterfactual thinking, at strategy, at intuition. All of those things are still very much in the remit of all of us. So the question is how we augment the work that we're doing and use these new tools um, and I think that that does have the potential to be a game changer because it's going to allow us to create things that we never could before. So listening to some of your responses there, it sounds like our jobs, uh, the jobs of comms professionals and their careers are safe for some time yet. Now, seriously, you know, I, there is a perception, I think, that AI can be a threat for PR professionals' careers in the longer run. It may threaten their roles as they currently exist, and it may be a threat to job levels in the industry in general. So is that true? You know, I think the threat for PR really is that we don't move quickly enough. 
um, to adopt the technology. And I think we've seen in the past, you know, with digitalization as an example, that PR was perhaps a bit slower to adopt it compared to, to some of the other marketing disciplines. Um, and the pace of change this time is going to be such that we don't necessarily have the time to sit back and wait and see exactly how it's going to work. Um, so, you know, as I was saying before, we need to take a really hard look at how we're educating our teams, how we're keeping people up to speed with both how this technology works, but also how we might think about applying it, um, such that we're able to identify the opportunities um, and leverage it widely. How about you, Andre? Is it a is it a threat to employment? I think absolutely it's a threat. I think that the launch of any major new tech like this is a potential threat, but I think it's a, a threat to blandness rather than being an existential threat to to our industry. Alison talked about how normally, you know, we're perceived as an industry as being quite slow adapt to technology. But what's been brilliant about this is that you don't need a technical background, technical background at all to do it. You know, it's the type of technology that as PR people, as creative, inquisitive, curious people have been able to dive headfirst into it and actually produce some really cool results. You know, in our in our industry or in the industry that a lot of our clients work in technology. You know, the launch of cloud was game changing, but it, you know, it meant nothing to us as, as as PR folks because we, it was all in the back end. It, you know, it might streamline a few things, but we couldn't really play around with it. This is different, and will roles evolve? Absolutely, they will evolve. But roles have always be, have always evolved, and they've all, and, and technology has usually been the driver to why roles have evolved in the past. But I think it. I'm really, really excited about it and really confident that it's a huge opportunity for the agencies that can get their heads around it, get their heads around it quickly, embrace it and use it to their advantage. Yeah, I think, you know, AI isn't going to take your job, but a human who knows how to use AI is. Um, no one wants to be second or third in this. And that's going to be the, the challenge to all of us as we go forward. So unless we all become more adept at using it, our jobs are threatened. That's what that's what you're saying. I think, you know, ultimately for all of us, it's about understanding it and educating ourselves such that we can take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. And you mentioned, Andre, that, um, you know, the way that your teams, people in your teams are feeling about it at the moment. Is is it universal positivity towards AI or is there some reluctance and fear around it as well yeah there the, the definitely is you know and quite rightly so if you read you know read a lot of the headlines the the media is has hyped it up uh, quite a lot so I totally totally understand why some people are a little bit nervous about it um you know it is going to shape jobs but i don't think i don't think there's going to be any um big um changes in the next even in the next year in the next couple of years i think we're still going to be for a while in the stage where we're getting our heads around it we're figuring out how to use it to our advantage figuring out how uh, it can help us deliver a better service to clients there might be the odd like role or job that changes here and there but there's certainly not the mass uh the mass uh change across the industry that some people are predicting basic question do you think any agencies or in-house teams to date have created a press release using AI and sent it out to journalists? I'd be really surprised if they hadn't. I think um, even if they were doing it in a playful way to see if it was spotted, I think they probably had a go at it. Interesting. Well, Alison, what do you think? I think there's some really interesting companies that are operating in this space. There's one called Intentful, um, who I was connected to um, during my time in Oxford. Um, they actually already uh, co-produce for Broadway a lot of their content um, you can see the, the case study on their website. And it's it's really interesting, um, one application of a large language model where what they do 
um, is overlay on top of that, effectively your brand's tone of voice. So if you picture ChatGPT with your brand's specific tone of voice and its ability to respond through a series of prompts to create uh, different pieces of collateral, um, really, really interesting application, obviously, as the one of the PR people in the room, my eyes absolutely lit up. I think they're fascinating. It's a funny one. As a journalist, you know, we get sent a lot of press releases of sort of varying quality, and it's not impossible that some of them might have been written by AI. And it, they might have just, because from what I've heard, some people and sort of alludes to what you've both been saying, some of them can be a bit bland and a bit sort of full of jargon. And to be honest, quite a lot of press releases do look <laughs> like that. So it may well be that, you know, I've been sent it, I just haven't noticed yet. So I suppose the, the, the question following up that, Andre, is that if these releases have been sent out by robots, have media, have journalists noticed that they have? And do you get any sense of how journalists are feeling about PR people using AI to liaise with them? So if I were a journalist and I I had a press release that I thought was, wasn't was very good, didn't feel like it had been written by a human, the first thing I'd be doing is putting it into zero GPT or a similar tool that enables you to check whether it's been written by uh, by AI. I don't know if you've seen it, there are tools and you get like a little um, little dial and it'll tell you, you know, 20% chance this has been written by AI. In terms of how they're feeling about it, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I think it's probably better addressed to a, to a journalist. Um, but, you know, get, going back to what we were saying earlier, I think it, it's really good with a blank sheet of paper. It's really good as part of the research process. But any agency that is writing a press release entirely in AI needs to probably have a, have a good hard look at themselves. It comes right back to this interesting topic of trust, doesn't it? Because trust is seems to me the driving force in communications and media and if AI is not enhancing that trusted relationship and possibly it's even going to like to damage it further, we've got a bit of a problem on our hands. You know, I think for most of this, the question that, that I keep coming back to is just, are we thinking through what we're doing with technology and the implications of it? And are we being clear and transparent about how and where we're using it? I think insofar as we're doing that, then we have lots of opportunities and lots of space to grow. I am sure over the next couple of years, we will see people take missteps there um, because that is what happens inevitably when you have new technology, particularly technology that's as powerful as this. So if we're trying, if our main aim as PR people and media is to generate more trust in society, which I believe it is, do we feel on balance AI is going to help or hinder that particular quest? I think in the short term, we're probably in a little bit of grey area at the moment. We're all experimenting with it. We don't quite know all what the, the rules are yet. So I think we'll get through that pretty quickly. And in the medium to long term, I think it will help with trust because it will enable people to question what brands are coming out with a little bit more, being able to check whether it's a, it's a ripoff of things that other brands are saying. And it will um, help just make brands a lot more accountable, I think. And I think there's there's some really interesting science around the idea of trust leaps um, and what it takes for us to kind of leap together. You can look at the history of where we've made kind of seismic changes in our adoption of technology. Um, and a lot of it comes down to both kind of faith that the technology itself will work, that this is a thing that is working in the way that it's intended to work, and that the intentions of the other person are good. So I think as long as the fundamentals of PR are still there, then AI absolutely should be an enabler of a lot of the work that we do. 
as well as embracing AI and figuring out how it can help you, there's there's the other part, which is it, which is what we're trying to do as well, is doubling down on the stuff that AI can't replace. So making sure that clients have that you're that, that we're spending more time than ever with clients, really understanding their problems, really giving them that counsel, which AI can't replace. And the same point going back to creativity as well. You know, that's something that at the moment, as we talked about, AI can't replace. So just proving and really, really pushing the creative side of what we do. You know, the, the stuff that makes us human, pushing that much, much harder. Fantastic. Thanks so much to both Alison and Andre for joining us today. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Please do check out prweek.com forward slash UK for much more news and analysis of AI, plus much more, of course. As you may know, we're currently in the middle of the top 150 consultancies report, the biggest analysis of PR agencies' performance that exists anywhere. So do check that out on our site. Plus, we're publishing our list this week of the brightest young talent in the industry, 30 under 30, and much more besides. So we look forward to you joining us next week for more podcasts from PR Week.